Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to write to us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. You can also find our written and audio messages archived there. Keep in mind that our English audio messages are available as podcasts through iTunes. Just look for us in the Apple iTunes Store under Podcast as the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Word of God is something that we really need to try to understand and follow as best as possible for our own good. If there's something that we really need to understand about this life is that everything has a consequence. And if we really understand the power of God's Word, then we should understand that what ultimately dictates those outcomes is how we respond to God's Word. God's Word is conditional, especially when it comes to how we respond to it, how we apply it in our lives. There is a direct correlation between obedience and disobedience and what happens after based on the decisions we make. We can either receive all of the good things God has for those that love Him and look to obey Him as best as possible, or we can have the complete opposite if we do the opposite and invite death and destruction into our lives and our surroundings. Please stay with us for the next few minutes as we look into God's Word together. Let us take a moment to pray together and ask the Lord to guide us and to speak to us through His Word. Heavenly Father, Lord God, hallowed and glorified be Your name. Lord, I praise You and I worship You for Your goodness and Your mercy, Your grace, for Your Son, Jesus Christ, for His sacrifice on the cross. Heavenly Father, I give You thanks because You truly love us and care about us. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that You please forgive my sins and my wrongs. And I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may speak to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit, O God, and that we may be able to understand, O Lord, the importance of your word and how it will be fulfilled, Lord God, depending on what we do. Help us, O Lord, to be able to look to fulfill your word for blessing and for goodness in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to be reading today from 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 1 to 11. This is the word of the Lord. Now Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria, and Jehu wrote and sent letters to Samaria to the rulers of Jezreel, to their elders, and to those who reared Ahab's sons, saying, Now as soon as this letter comes to you, since your master's sons are with you, and you have chariots and horses, a fortified city also, and weapons, choose the best qualified of your master's sons, set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid and said, Look, two kings could not stand to him. How then can we stand? And he who was in charge of the house and he who was in charge of the city, the elders also and those who reared the sons, sent to Jehu, saying, We are your servants. We will do all you tell us, but we will not make anyone king. Do what is good in your sight. Then he wrote a second letter to them, saying, If you are for me and will obey my voice, take the heads of the men, your master's sons, and come to me at Jezreel by this time tomorrow. Now the king's sons, seventy persons, were with the great men of the city, who were rearing them. So it was, when the letter came to them, that they took the king's sons and slaughtered seventy persons, put their heads in baskets, and sent them to him at Jezreel. Then a messenger came and told him, saying, They have brought the heads of the king's sons. And he said, Lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until morning. So it was in the morning that he went out and stood and said to all the people, You are righteous. Indeed, I conspired against my master and killed him. 
But who killed all these? Know now that nothing shall fall to the earth of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he spoke by his servant Elijah. So Jehu killed all who remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel, and all his great men and his close acquaintances and his priests, until he left him none remaining. The word of God is immovable, and it will be fulfilled one way or another. The authority of the word of God is the highest authority in the known universe, whether we believe it or not. We could get into who Ahab was and that he was an extremely sinful Israelite king. But that would be a little bit of a waste of time as compared to focusing on the importance of the word of God itself. All that I will tell you is that God had very good reasons in dealing with Ahab the way he did. And that part is relevant to our discussion today because ultimately God's word will be fulfilled in one way or another in our lives, depending on what we choose to do with it. The other thing is that God's word will be fulfilled all around us, and there is nothing we can do about that. The only choice we have is how we react to our surroundings based on the word of God. So for starters, Matthew chapter 24, verse 35 tells us this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means pass away. And so this is quite definitive. Jesus said this. There is no guessing here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 talks to us about the scriptures and what they are for in our lives, where it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we should ask ourselves, what is the Word of God? The Word of God is both the Holy Bible and the person of Jesus Christ. They are both one of the same. And so the holy book that we have in our homes or wherever it is, is a printed version that represents God himself through the person of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important. John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. What John is recalling here is how the universe was spoken into existence with the notable, then God said, and things came into existence. But John is also referring to the point that Genesis speaks to us about a plural God, at least that is what is used in the original of Hebrew. And certain verses in our own language mention, let us when there are portions of creation still in progress. So Jesus, or the Word, was there at the very beginning of all things. And God made everything through that Word, through the person of Jesus Christ. And so it is safe to deduce that the Word of God is more than just a collection of words on a piece of paper somewhere, or as it stands today in many cases, words in cyberspace somewhere. The Word of God is all around us because it, or rather He, is God. We can sense the Word of God in action all around us through our very senses. Our very existence depends on the Word of God at every single moment. For example, because God one day said, Let there be light, we have the sun we have that is still shining today. And we know that when He said that, that there was more than just the sun made. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 to 13, gives us more insight about the Word of God where it says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him. We must give account. And so here is where the word gets more personal, if you will, and how it affects us. And again, whether we believe it or not. This is one of the irrefutable laws involving the word of God, that whether we choose to believe it or not, your opinion or perspective does not affect its existence or relevance in any kind of way. The Word or God will penetrate to the very depths of your existence and He will discern your thoughts and the intents of your heart and everything is open to Him and you will give an account. There is no signed release or waiver or privacy laws or anything of that nature that affects Him. Our words have absolutely no impact on God. Our words only affect us. But His Word affects us to no end, and there is absolutely nothing we can do about it. The only thing we can do is choose how His Word affects us by the conditions expressed therein, which brings us to our next passage. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 to 11 tells us this, For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. What does this mean? And here is where we're going to shed some light on some misconceptions, if you will. The only thing we can do as to how the Word of God affects us is ultimately what we do with it. Our reaction to God's Word is what determines how His Word will be fulfilled in our lives. Some people think that because they expose others to God's Word, that sooner or later that it will act positively in the other person. That is God's desire, because God is not necessarily looking to punish people or allow for destruction in any kind of way. That's not His focus or His intention. For instance, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, it says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So you see, hell was actually a place prepared for the devil and his angels, not necessarily for man. But yet because man, out of his own free will, chooses not to believe in God, and reject the truth of Jesus Christ, they send themselves there. And how can we God force someone to be with Him for all eternity if they do not desire to be with Him? If they cannot come to a point of being convinced that the Lord is who He is? God's not going to force anyone. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 to 28 gives us the main example on how God's Word is ultimately conditional. Where it says, Behold I, says the Lord, Set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today, to go after other gods which you have not known. And so, God's word is fulfilled, but in the way that it is received as far as people. When you share God's word with someone, you are giving them the best opportunity to understand what needs to happen. And of course, God is directly speaking to them. The moment a verse of the Bible is quoted, God is speaking because it is his word. But that does not mean that a person will automatically obey or that someday they will understand. They may 
or may not want to understand depending on what they choose to do based on their own free will. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 22 to 25 cites for us another example of the fulfillment of God's word and it says, For if, and there is the if, if you will, you carefully keep all these commandments which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to hold fast to him, then, and here is the then, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will dispossess greater and mightier nations than yourselves. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours, from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river and the river Euphrates, even to the western sea, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all land where you tread, just as he has said to you. If we read some biblical history, which is, of course, true history, you will see that the people of Israel during Joshua's time were faithful to the Lord, and the Lord fulfilled this condition. But in the same manner, when the people of Israel departed from the Lord, and when he could not tolerate their rebellion and sinful hearts any longer, then God himself allowed for their enemies to come upon them. That is why the Assyrians and the Babylonians had their way with them. And so, it can be clearly seen throughout the Bible that the Word of God is conditional. Here's another example. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 to 10 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have sinned not, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. And so, if we don't acknowledge our sin, then we are only deceiving ourselves. There is no truth in us. We make God a liar and His Word is not in us. All those things come to pass when we don't acknowledge our sin before God. And of course, there is no forgiveness. Yet, if we confess our sins, then the condition is fulfilled and He forgives us our sins and cleans us from not just some unrighteousness, but all of it. But there needs to be confession so that our sin can be forgiven. And of course, if we want all of our sins cleaned, then we should confess all of our sins without any kind of reservations. Because how can God forgive you if you're only repenting from a few or some of your sin? If you are not effectively converting from everything, then you are the one that is deciding not to have his full forgiveness. See how that works? Complete and total repentance and conversion is necessary for salvation to occur in a person. This is the very first and critical condition for salvation. And here comes the second, and of course, just as important condition that needs to be met so a person can be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 to 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so, here are the big ifs, if you will. That if a person confesses with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, then a person can be saved. And the following verse clarifies how the ifs need to be done with both the heart, meaning with full conviction, down deep inside, 
and verbally with your mouth. So certain things need to be done. For God's word to work in your life, there ultimately needs to be the corresponding action to the condition. Here is another one that is very important to keep at the forefront of our mind. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Here is where we get to the whatever you do comes back to you, but with the notion that if you just concentrate on the flesh, then that's all you are going to get, corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, in other words, if you do those things that God commands, then you will reap everlasting life. It is very clear to understand that every single thing bears a consequence, both here and now, and more importantly, in eternity. This is the whole concept of conditions, that there are consequences. That is why it's extremely important to do as God says, because when we fulfill God's word in our lives, then we will reap the benefits. There are folks that teach that we as believers need to just cling on and claim all of the promises of the Bible and that they will come true if you just have enough faith. And from a certain standpoint, that is true. But yet the condition for the promise to be fulfilled must be met. Things don't happen just because we say so or because we believe hard enough. Just look at the few verses we went through. Are our sins forgiven because we want them to? No. Christ died on the cross, but does that make it an automatic? Do you need to repent and convert from your sins? You need to confess them. And are you saved because of being a good person? Of course not. You must believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. Will you have eternal life if you just invest in the flesh? Of course not. You reap what you sow. If you sow to the Spirit, doing those things that please God, then you will reap everlasting life. If you are more focused on sowing to the flesh, then flesh is what you're going to get. And we all know that all flesh dies at some point. So when you invest in the flesh, at best, you will only get temporary benefits, but those benefits will not carry into eternity, only here and now. Here is another conditional statement in the Bible that is generally misunderstood. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Most people would just take this verse to mean that everything is working together for a person's good generically. But there is a qualifier. That is why we need to be very zealous with Bible versions and translations because very important details can be lost in transition, if you will. The qualifier to the condition is, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. There are two qualifiers. The first one is those that love God, which should be self-explanatory. And the second, who are the call according to his purpose, meaning those that have responded to God's prompting for salvation. We are the call to his purpose, if you will, when we listen to the Lord and come to salvation through Jesus Christ. Then and only then do we become part of his purpose. Otherwise, People are just floating in space, if you will, going with the flow of the world and the sin in their flesh until their time is up 
and they give an account for why they never chose to follow the Lord. And so it is true that all things work together for good, but only for people who fulfill the requirements. Otherwise, things may just happen to them and, they, and that's it. Because especially if they don't love God and they don't choose to answer his call. And loving God is not about looking for him to serve you or trying to get things out of him or whatever other reason people look erroneously towards God for. And so anything else outside of loving God and following his call is just that, anything else. So then what is written that assures us that all of God's conditions for good, for blessing and for eternity are met in our lives? How can we make sure that we get the greatest benefit out of the fulfillment of God's word? Jesus said this. Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, there is no other commandment greater than these. Loving God and loving your neighbor in that order are what assures you the greatest fulfillment of the word of God has to offer. But with that, then it is critical to understand what love is. Loving the Lord involves believing in him and looking to understand who he is. Everything he has done is doing and will do for you. And as a result of that faith, looking to please Him with everything you are, starting by having a repentant heart and complete surrender to Him. Loving the Lord is ultimately about building a personal, intimate, and genuine relationship with Him and doing everything that His Word teaches us to the best of our abilities with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, because it is impossible to do it on our own. With the Lord, we have everything of eternal value to gain and nothing to lose. When we fulfill the conditions of His Word, we invite God's love, mercy, grace, and blessing into our lives. The Word of God is the answer to everything in life and to life itself. We need to understand that God's Word will be fulfilled in one way or another, and there is nothing that can stop that. The only thing we can do through our own free will is how the Word of God is fulfilled in our lives by the decisions we make to either obey it or not to obey it. God's Word is conditional and everything that we do or don't do has consequences. In today's passage, we read about King Ahab and the terrible things that the Lord allowed to happen to him as a consequence to his evil and sinful lifestyle, that even though he knew what was right before the Lord, he chose to do those things that were an abomination to God. He chose to follow other gods and to follow all of the awful things those other gods required as a show of loyalty to them. And to make matters worse, not only did he do what was wrong and evil in the sight of God, but he used his position as king to impose sinning against God upon the nation he supposed to lead towards God. He sinned greatly and he made his country sin greatly before the Lord. This may sound bad, and of course it is bad, but this is what we do when we don't follow God's word, when we don't do what he tells us to do. We invite evil into our lives and bring upon ourselves and upon our loved ones death and destruction. Absolutely everything in life has consequences. 
but why do that? Why not better look for the Lord and do what is right before His eyes, so we can love Him rather than hate Him through our actions? Why not just do those things that produce life and blessing rather than inviting death and destruction? Why not learn how to love and obey a God that truly loves you and has done, is doing, and will do things for you that no one else can? I encourage you to look for the Lord, to obey Him, to do those things that truly please Him, even if you don't feel like doing them, or if they go against your will and desire, so that His Word is fulfilled in your life and in the lives of those that surround you, but for good and for blessing. Don't be like Ahab. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, as always, I give you thanks for your love and your grace and your mercy and for the opportunity that you give us to lead a different life, a changed life, a transformed life through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, because your words are life. And that's what you intend to give us. You intend to give us life. That's what you came to do, to give us life and that we may have it abundantly. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, to understand that your word will, will be fulfilled and there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can change about that. But the only thing that we can do is that if we take in your word and, and we obey it and we do those things that truly bring you honor and glory, Lord God, that we will be blessed, that eternity will be waiting for us. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we not only just need to believe, we need to obey. We need to obey what you teach us, Lord God. Heavenly Father, pray for each person that is listening. I pray, Heavenly Father, they may understand this concept that your word is life and that they just need to do it. And Heavenly Father, help them to understand that they need your Holy Spirit, that personal and intimate relationship through Jesus Christ so that we are able to do those things that truly please you, that you saved us for a reason and for a purpose. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please feel free to join us again next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. If you would like to write to us, you can do so through our website. Our web address is thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.